God heard Abraham's intercession and went beyond what Abraham had asked for. Now you've got a man here, like I said, no Bible, no Jesus, no born-again experience. And yet he prayed and God turned. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Today we're continuing the series, Pray Through, where we're in part two of the message, The Prayer of Intercession. You know, many Christians wrongly believe that intercessory prayer is only for those select, particularly spiritual people in the church, but not them. That couldn't be more wrong. In part two of today's message, we're going to talk about intercessory prayer being for all Christians and how we can enter into this crucial and powerful type of prayer. So let's go right to part two of the message, The Prayer of Intercession. There's a reason we came to this tent, and there's a reason I am now standing looking at Abraham. We're going to see that the reason was he wanted an intercessor. Judgment was looming. Abraham assumed to be intercessor lingered in God's presence to discern His will, to understand what the Lord was doing. It says as they began to leave, He followed them. He tracked them. And He stayed with the one that stood out from the other two. And God was more than willing to tell His man what He was doing. You see, that's the power of being a prayer. See, when you're a prayer and God knows you're going into the prayer closet and God knows you are availing yourself of prayer and God knows that you're saying, Lord, pray through me, pray through me, use me in the ministry of prayer, then He will share with you His secrets. He will give you His burdens. He will share His heart with you. He will allow you to understand what He wants you to pray for. And you become a conduit for the burden and the prayer of God in the earth. Now here's Abraham. The other two men, the angels, are headed down towards Sodom. We remember that. Two of them walked into Sodom. The third one is here. Abraham is tarrying. He's looking at him. And this Lord tells Abraham, I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. You get that? When sin becomes flagrant, when there's no more shame, when there's no more embarrassment, when there's no more conscience, when there's no more conviction, when sin is paraded and flaunted before God and man, the cry reaches to God. I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. Now put yourself in Abraham's shoes. Abraham is instantly made to understand that Sodom is in the crosshairs of coming judgment. God shows it to him in a flash. And the Bible reveals why. The Bible shows that moral perversion had infected the entire populace. Rushing in with this revelation 
as he stands there looking at the Lord. Rushing in with this is the realization that his nephew Lot, who he had said goodbye to years before, imparted ways with years before, and his wife and his children and, and future in-laws are all down there in the city of doom. And God is telling his intercessor, I want you to pray. I want you to understand what's going on because, Abraham, I know that you know me and I know that you'll know how to pray because you know me and you know that I want to have mercy and you know that I don't like judging people. You know my character. And so, Abraham, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing so that you can pray and intercede. Folks, we've got to understand that the call to prayer is a high calling. It is a high calling, and it rests on everybody in this room. You are a prayer. You have power with God. Man, you know I talk a lot about my little dogs. I've got dogs. One of them is a chihuahua. The thing about my chihuahua is he doesn't know he's a chihuahua because I'll have somebody come to the door, a great big burly man will come to the door, you know, somebody to work on the house or whatever, and my little chihuahua will attack him and grab his pant leg and tear into him like he's a German shepherd, but he's not. He's a little chihuahua. But what I like about him is he's got guts. (laughs) Let me tell you something about you. You will never rise beyond the way you see yourself. You will never go further than the way you see yourself. That's why Jesus was always defining people. When you met Jesus, he defined you. Simon Peter, you've been unstable as water, but Simon Peter, you're going to be a rock. I'm defining you. Follow me and I'll make you to become, make you to become, make you to become, make you to become fishers of men. He defined them. You are the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Blessed in the storehouse, blessed in the field, blessed in your going out, blessed in your coming in. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. He always leads you in victory in Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He defines you. And if only you could see yourself the way God sees you, he sees you as a prayer warrior. He sees you as a prayer warrior. He sees you as one who can pray and bring it down. So here's God's man, God's intercessor. And he's been made aware of a coming catastrophic judgment. He sees the angels looking towards Sodom. He says, "Uh uh-oh, something is up. And here's what he does. Abraham, the intercessor, steps between. God and Sodom. Here's God. Here's Sodom. Here's the Lord looking right at him. He steps in between. The Bible says, look at this. It's powerful. Verse 22. Then the men turned away from there. The two men, two of the angels that went to Sodom, and from there, and they went towards Sodom while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Two of the three went off to Sodom. The Lord stood there. And it's so very important so very crucial that we understand this word when it says before. He stood before the Lord. That means facing. He faced the Lord. He's not facing Sodom where all the trouble is. He's facing the Lord. He knows the answer is the Lord. He knows there's mercy in the Lord. He doesn't look at Sodom and say, oh man, you're toast. No, he turns to the Lord 
and faces him and stands in front of him and begins to talk to him and pray to him and intercede for the place called Sodom. He said, my hope is in him. The answer is in him. I know he answers prayer. I know prayer can change things. And so I'm going to pray. He positions himself in front of the Lord facing him, which is perfect intercessory posture at its finest. Because we know, for instance, that God, listen, if God's not going to judge America, then I don't know this Bible. If God, if America's not in trouble with God, I don't know this Bible. America has to be in the crosshairs of God's judgment. You say, well, Jeff, come on now. You're sounding like an Old Testament prophet. No, I'm sounding like a New Testament prophet. Jesus looked at Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I would have gathered you like a hen gathered her chicks? But you would not. Judgment is coming to you, Jerusalem. The greatest prophet of all time said that. And Jerusalem was leveled 30 years, about 40 years later. Paul said of Rome, the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. America is in trouble. We have forsaken God. What did Sodom do that we have not done? Wow, this is a heavy word. I know. I have to speak out of my heart. I have to speak out of my heart. I can't get up here and tell you, well, God wants you rich. God wants you in a Cadillac. I'm not up here to give you a self-help message. We need to understand the ways of God. And the ways of God are when a nation is facing judgment, God is on the hunt for intercessors. He's on the hunt. Here's Abraham. He's praying. And we've got to look at his boldness. And you've got to think of that verse in Hebrews. Let us therefore come boldly. He's facing the Lord boldly. Oh, hang on, God. Wait a minute. He's facing him boldly. Let us therefore come boldly. In the New Testament, us. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find the grace to help us in the hour of need. If one man who didn't have the blood of Jesus, who didn't have the Word of God, Sodom had no Bible, Abraham had no Bible, but his prayers stopped or at least brought mercy into the context of judgment. If he could do that, where are we with the name of Jesus on our lips and the blood of Jesus covering our soul and the words of Jesus telling us, go to the Father in my name and He will answer you and He will do great and mighty things you have not yet known. All the encouragement we've got to pray. Make no mistake about it. When Abraham stood and faced him and stood between him and Sodom, it's exactly what God wanted him to do. Exactly what God wanted him to do. Abraham's not being presumptuous. He's not being cocky. He's not being arrogant. He's not being disrespectful at all. The Bible's already said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? What other reason would he say that unless he wanted Abraham to intercede. And he did. God always reveals coming judgment to his people that they might pray. Amos said, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Well, you're his servant. Amen? Now here's Abraham. He stands in front of him. And what I like about this, there's a little bit of humor here. I can't get away from it because he's going to bargain God down. He stands in front of him and he says, well, Lord, I'm going to ask you a question. Boy, this is boldness. Here's the Lord. He says, I'm going to ask you a question, Lord. He says, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? 
will not the judge of all the earth do right? I mean, knowing that this guy could go, and you're gone. He says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Now, it's not that God was having to be told to not do something wrong. What Abraham is doing is he's acknowledging his belief in the ultimate righteousness and goodness of God. It might have read this way. Lord, we both know that you won't judge the righteous with the wicked. Don't we, Lord? Absolutely, I won't judge the righteous with the wicked. Then Abraham begins the process of whittling him down, whittling down the number of righteous people God is willing to spare the entire city for. And he starts with 50. He says, what about 50? Will you spare the city for 50? And God says, for 50 righteous people, I will spare the city. And he goes, do I hear 45? How about 45? God says, I'll do it for 45. He says, he says, wow, I'm going to be bold. What about 30, Lord? Will you spare it for 30? God Almighty says, I'll spare the whole thing for 30 righteous. Abraham keeps going. He says, I'm on a roll. He says, all right, 20. What about 20? God says 20. He ends with 10. He says, I can't go any lower than 10. He says, 10. What about 10? He says, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? God says, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Now, I want you to notice the grace and the favor God shows in answer to intercessory prayer. What we learn here is that God much prefers mercy over judgment. Amen. God says, listen to God in Ezekiel. God speaking through Ezekiel. Do you think that I like to see wicked people die? Says the sovereign Lord. Of course not. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. James says, mercy triumphs over judgment. So this intercession intervention session ends with God's promise he'll spare the whole city if he can find just 10 people who are walking in righteousness and have not been morally perverted and corrupted. Just 10. The whole city. There was not 10. And here's what I found. Archaeologists dug up Sodom and Gomorrah, or at least went to where it had been, and found a graveyard right next door to Sodom and Gomorrah. And in that graveyard, they found half a million graves. Half a million You know what that means? Sodom was a large city. It was bustling. It was successful. It was materially rich. If you lived there, you would have felt like you had struck it rich, that you had struck gold. The pasture land was amazing. The income, the economy was thriving. But they had all been corrupted. We see in the chilling attack of the Sodomites against the two angels in Lot's house, it says, quote, all the men, From every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. All the men, all the men, all the men of that city, all the men. Some clearly fully homosexual, some bisexual, but all the men. The moral corruption of the city of Sodom had infected the young people, the teenagers, the old And in between, it had reached the point where there was nothing left but judgment. And I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Their brazen boldness 
banging on Lot's door, give these men to us. Lack of shame. No more shame, no more conscience, no more blush. Reminds you of a nation you know about now? Testifies that their conscience had become totally seared. No wonder the cry of that place had reached the ear of God. And God came down to see what was there. And Lot knew what was there. He told those two men, don't sleep in the square. Don't sleep in the open square of this city. Come to my home. Don't get out there in the open. It's animalistic at night. You're not safe. Now, I want you to notice again the mercy of God, how it's manifested because of an intercessor. Watch this. God had agreed to ten righteous being enough to spare the city from judgment, but ten could not be found. If a graveyard had half a million, let's just say the city had half a million. Out of a half a million, there were not ten. Not ten. The leaven of moral perversion had infected an entire society. And you think that's not happening in America right now? Why do we need intercessors? Because our entire culture is being infected. We need a move of God. Look at the mercy of God. When ten could not be found, the two angels began to urge Lot. Look what they said to Lot. Do you have anybody else here? Sons-in-law, sons or daughters, anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we're going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great, He has sent us to destroy it. Now here we see that God is about to extend His mercy because He's a merciful God. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Where would we be without the mercies of the Lord? Lamentation says we would have all been consumed but for the mercy of the Lord. Our God is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of love. And He's a prayer-answering God. And look what happened here. Because Abraham interceded and prayed, these angels turned a lot and they say, you've got a little bit of time we are hours from judgment. Go get anybody you know, anybody in this city. I picture a terrified lot running through the dark, sin-infested, dusky streets of Sodom. His heart is pounding. He bangs on the door of his first future son-in-law. Lot's daughters weren't in there. It just says the son-in-law was in there. They were betrothed, but they weren't married yet. The two girls were at home. This was future son-in-law. He runs to his house. And he says, hurry, get out of this place, for the Lord's about to destroy it. But the young man mocks him. The young man mocked him. It says he seemed to him like somebody who was joking. Then he runs to the second house, to the second future son-in-law, bangs on the door, says the same thing, and he's mocked again by his son-in-law. Two men mocking him. Judgment is moments away. Judgment is at the door. It's about to come. And his warning to get out is ignored. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What do you mean by that? Preachers are going to preach. Warners are going to warn. There's going to be a cry, the Word of God going out to a backslidden, corrupted culture. And Jesus said, the way these young men treated Lot is the way many preachers will be treated. Mocked. As the sun began inching up over the horizon, God's mercy is extended even further. The Bible says, as Lot tarried. That means he couldn't make up his mind. He couldn't make up his mind. I mean, you've got an angel here. You've got an angel here. 
And he's saying, get out. And he tarries. Sodom has got him. The angel's trying to get him out of Sodom, but he can't get Sodom out of him. He tarries. And these two angels, by the mercy of God, because somebody interceded, grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. And the Bible says as soon as they broke through the border of that city, fire from heaven fell down and consumed that place. And it doesn't say that it was a comet. The Bible is very clear. It says God sent the fire. And Peter says he did this as an example to all future generations that when moral perversion sets into a culture it begins to rot it from the inside out that culture is in for judgment Lot tarried his wife tarried his daughters tarried and they couldn't bring themselves to get out so the angels literally this picture of the rapture really the angels grabbed them and took them out I have a question for you in closing had Abraham not interceded would Lot and his family have been delivered? Would there have been a window of opportunity like this one if Abraham had not stood and faced God and said, Come on, God, have mercy. Have mercy. And not only did God answer him, but God went beyond his answer, beyond his promise, and did even more and showed even more mercy. I don't have the answer to that question. But here's what I do know. Lot had by his own poor decisions rooted himself and his family in that wicked, godless city. He had had opportunity after opportunity to leave and didn't take it. The Bible says in Peter, he was vexed every day by what he heard and saw, but not vexed enough to get out. He was moved but not changed. God heard Abraham's intercession and went beyond what Abraham had asked for. Now you've got a man here, like I said, no Bible, no Jesus, no blood of the Lamb, no forgiveness by the blood of the Lamb, no born-again experience, and yet he prayed and God turned. What about you? Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you're excited to enter the prayer of intercession. You know, God is using Life Talk to reach many people across the nation with the uncompromised Word of God. And we simply could not do it without your faithful prayers and financial gifts. One of the amazing things about Life Talk is that not one dime of your financial offerings goes to any overhead whatsoever. Each penny goes directly to airtime. Not every ministry can say that, but thank God we can. So would you consider sending a gift to help us reach America with the Word of God? If you do, we've got a very special gift just for you that I'm excited about. Listen to the announcer as he explains. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. 
Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Join me again next time for another exciting message from our life-changing series, Pray Through, where we're going to close out our series on prayer with one of the most powerful forms of prayer in the entire Bible, the prayer of agreement. It's going to be great. Don't miss it. Until then, may God bless you richly is my prayer. The Prayer of Intercession is the fifth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Pray Through. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Pray Through, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.